And now, here's Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Tim McManus joining us now. Tim, I wanted you to be able to hear all those sponsors. I mean, you're, you got a great radio background yourself, so I thought you'd appreciate that. Just lead, <laughs> just lead right off with it, okay? Here are all the sponsors for the show. That's the way to go, man. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Well, who wouldn't want to sponsor you? That's the question. Huh. What kind of sponsor are you talking about? <laughs> no, we've got some great ones. Boy, you've had some. You can't do that, can you? You can't really be sponsored because you are a capital J journalist. And so you can't. you got to kind of walk that fine line. But uh, that's kind of exciting last night. I thought of you immediately. Eagles. Uh what was your what was your what was your gut telling you as when you saw them move up? You probably knew what they were trying to do, and uh, and they land Jalen Carter. And part of you, the newsman inside of you, is like, okay, cool, great story. But there's also part of you like, oh, great, because this is more than just let's examine what kind of player he is. This is a character risk. This is what Jerry Jones loves to do. Get great value with character uh, risk. What was your kind of gut immediate reaction to this pick? Yeah, when I saw that they had moved up, you know, immediately I thought, yeah, that's that's for Jalen Carter because I had heard heading into the draft that it's somebody that they had identified and that it was a possibility that they would move up to get him if he were to somehow slip past the Seahawks at number five. Sure enough, he does. He gets within range, and, and Howie Roseman just has to give up a fourth-round pick to, to move one slot up to grab him. And so that so it wasn't totally unexpected from the standpoint of we know what the Eagles prioritize. It's it's the offensive and defensive line. We know that you know they lost Javon Hargrave in free agency to San Francisco and that Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox are getting a little bit older, and so it certainly makes sense that they would prioritize that position and Jalen Carter is arguably, you know, the best prospect in that class. He was he was one or two, depending on who you talk to, along with Anderson. But yes, of course, there, there's the other side of that. He was involved in, you know, a, a tragic incident. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot to kind of sift through. Um, it, they did a lot of homework to try to figure out and get comfortable with the idea of drafting Carter. And, and ultimately, you know, they, they determined that their, their homework came back and they felt like they felt good about, about him as a person. And I think just as importantly that they have what they believe is sort of the infrastructure in place and the culture in place uh, to make sure that he stays on the right path. And all those bulldogs, I mean, all those uh, Georgia players, isn't that kind of interesting when you start stacking guys, if you're going to do it, why not from Georgia? If you're going to start stacking players, then they take another uh, Georgia player, you know, at 30 overall. It is it is interesting when certain GMs and scouting departments, uh, and it, it's for very good reason. But now, how many will this make? How many how many Georgia guys will be on the uh, roster once uh, once Jalen and, and Nolan get there? Well, now there's there's four from just the last two drafts. I mean, it, it's <laughs> unbelievable. You know, they they picked up Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean last year. And then they, they come back with Nolan Smith and, and Jalen Carter this time around. I'm starting to feel bad for the, the scouts in other in other areas here, Matt. You know, they're just they're just picking the guys from Georgia. But hey, I mean it's one of the, the better <laughs> defenses in college football uh in recent memory. And so I don't think it's a, a, a bad, 
you know, modus uh, to be going after those guys and collecting them here in Philadelphia. And I think it becomes important as we talk about Carter and, and surrounding him with the, with the right people. I think part of the whole equation was they had guys in house. Uh, that had played with him and who knew him and and you know Jordan Davis I think was the guy where they were they were good influences for one another was was my understanding and you have him and Dean well, two of the the leaders on that 2021 defense and so yeah it's all part of the equation and you know you can tell that they're all they're all pretty psyched to now be playing on the NFL level with one another. This brought back memories seeing the chief security officers show up in your analysis. All right, Dom DeSandro, and I'm sure he's a great guy. I can't remember if I was ever around Dom or not or how long he's been around, but uh, that is that is so Cowboys right there is when, you, when you're having to talk about, well, we got this great uh, assistant to the GM slash chief security officer, and that's going to really help him. So, I mean, it is, it's like they're putting this entire – support system around Jalen Carter. I, I understand it, but uh, that, that to me, boy, that reminded me, Tim, of, uh, of, 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 of dealing with the Cowboys and covering them, that, that aspect of it. But I assume this, you know, Dom DeSandro, the problem is, of course, then he gets labeled. If, if things go south, people are going to like, well, I thought Dom was supposed to keep him in check. That's happened with, uh, that's happened with the Cowboys personnel people before or security folks. When they had Pac-Man, you know, all those years ago, and he was just out acting, you know, in all, in all kinds of foolishness, um, it it goes back to your security people. And they're like, wait, I thought, I thought so and so was supposed to keep him in check, and uh, that that puts those kind of people in an interesting position, doesn't it? It sure does. I mean, you know, they they regard Dom as the very best in the business, but that's a lot of pressure on Dom. <laughs> to, to make sure that he's, you know, that he's unearthing everything that that he needs to unearth. And I guess to your point to the Cowboys, I mean, normally, you know, the Eagles are go, are emphasizing character, and I think that it's really shown up um, when you look and just kind of go around the locker room in Philadelphia. You know, it was it was one of the better locker rooms that I had been around this past year. And I guess if you end up making, you know, a ton of exceptions, then all of a sudden, you know, then that, that sort of becomes the rule and you, you don't have that type of locker room anymore. Uh, but I don't I don't get the feeling that they view Carter, you know, as a as a bad character. Uh, Roseman emphasized the point that at 21 years old, obviously, you know, what what transpired a, a handful of months ago is, you know, it's just it's tragic and it's, it's heart wrenching. Um, there's responsibility that needs to be shared around, but doesn't necessarily define who a person is uh, in, in a bad moment in their life. And I think that's something that they've kept in mind. They they brought uh, Carter in for a visit and Coach Nick Sirianni got to know him. I know that Senator Jason Kelsey, one of the most respected guys on the team, uh, spent a lot of time with him. And, and he just spoke yesterday about what a good guy he thought he was. And so you know, there's more than just a moment in any man's life, um, and you know they they believe that the extensive work that they did it brought them to the conclusion that that, that Carter is a is a good guy, um, and they believe that they have the, the structure in place to you know to to keep him on the straight and narrow. Tim McMahon is joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, as he gets ready for day two. Eagles have what sixty two and sixty six. And, of course, I'm sure you've charted that out to see who they might take. Running back, I think you had defensive back, O-line possibly. I was wondering about Jalen Hurts. What was uh, 
What what was his voice leading up to the draft? Do you think with all this money and, and, and stature that he now has, do you think he's emboldened even more to uh, to get in there and maybe offer some? Do they? Do you think he's a sounding board uh, for some of the coaches and, and scouts? How much of a, a voice is he right now in the organization? Yeah, I think they, they definitely use him as a resource, and I think you just have to look to the fact that his best friend is here. You know, they, they traded for, for A.J. Brown last year to show that they care about, um, you know, about how he, you know, how he feels and making sure that he feels as supported as possible. And so certainly when, when now he is, you know, the cornerstone, you know, franchise quarterback, they're going to make sure, I think like any organization does, uh, that, that his input is involved. Doesn't mean that that fully sways a pick or anything like that, but it was, it was hard not to notice, uh, you know, that he and B. John Robinson had the same agent in Nicole Lynn and that, uh, you know, Robinson uh, was saying how much he wanted to play with Jalen Hurts and, and, you know, there's those kind of connections as well. But, yeah, I think that they are going to um, get his input. And then, just as importantly, Matt, they're going to make sure that they protect him. And, and that's one of the reasons why I think in these upcoming picks, they're going to be honing in on offensive linemen. makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, even And that offensive tackle in particular, if you look, Lane Johnson, Jordan Maialata, the two tackles right now, they're very good. Uh, but Johnson only wants to play a couple more years. They have a, a tackle depth issue. Johnson and Mylotta both uh, have dealt with some injuries. And so I think that would be a smart area for them to address on day two in this draft, along with the defensive backfield, make sure they shore up that area as well. Did you like that uh, Micah Parsons seemed uh, uh, bothered by the Eagles that first pick? Wasn't that an interesting reaction from him? I bet Eagles fans love seeing that, that uh, the Cowboys' best defender seemed very agitated and, and uh, at the uh, Eagles landing a player of that caliber. Yeah, well, it kind of seems like he wants to be an Eagle from where I'm sitting, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it was funny hearing A.J. Brown kind of mess with him, say, why don't you just come on, come on over? But, uh, but, yeah, I guess, I mean, you know, I'm sure Eagles fans are reveling in that fact that yeah. you know, one of the the best regarded players in Micah Parsons is watching the draft unfold, and it's just like, oh, my God, this isn't fair. What are, you know, what are these guys doing? And, and this is going to be a handful. And how did he possibly fall to them at number nine? And so, yeah, I know that uh, a lot of people were definitely celebrating in that, that, that Parsons was having that kind of reaction. All right. But apparently he liked this Maisie Smith. The Cowboys took it 26. Okay. So every, all is, all is right. He, he had been, he had been lobbying for that. So maybe he'll be happy about that. This Nolan Smith. Um, as we kind of look at him, I think you're, you know, talking about him playing Sam linebacker, um, and he was banged up last year, got hurt. Um, what was the thought there? I, I guess they had to be pretty excited that he was available. I mean, part of the thing is if you're late in the first round, sometimes you just got to sit there and see who comes to you. It always seems like the Ravens are great at that. The Steelers have been good at that in the past. It's just saying, hey, this guy's great. Why would we do anything else? Why would we be trying yep. to move out of here? Um, what was the what is everybody's thought there on on Nolan Smith? And just to give you a heads up, Jalen Carter's about to speak, so I'm gonna have to head out in oh. just a minute. But for Hey, but no, for no, Nolan say the word Smith. if you gotta go. Yeah, just uh, as I'm walking in. So yeah, Nolan Smith, you know, they didn't think he was gonna be available at thirty. I thought that the most likely scenario was that they were going to trade out. Uh, but they just saw him drop. It was unexpected. 
he was higher up on the list. A lot of guys had them projected even maybe to take him at 10, like in this mock draft and that you saw. And certainly the team seemed to be kind of like the ceiling and he fell all the way there. They feel really good that he can fit into that Sam edge rushing role, kind of like a son Reddick. They're built very similarly. So they're, they're hoping that he has a similar type of production. Okay, if you would just hold your phone up, I would like for my audience to be able to hear this news conference. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, oh, man, that's good. That's good. No, I'm going to let you jump in there and get your spot because if I know you, you're going to be front and center, and, and there'll, be, there'll be some fastballs coming at, uh, at Jalen Carter. So, uh, Tim, thanks for taking the time. Uh, have a great uh, second night of the draft, and uh, look forward to catching up with you soon. All right, Matt. Always my pleasure. Talk to you soon, man. All right. Tim McManus, uh, ESPN, uh, covers the Eagles. And a longtime friend of mine, great guy. And uh, um, he, uh, I, there was somebody, I don't know who it was, they were they were angry with one of the, on the Zoom call with Jalen Carter. Uh, they felt like they were, you know, maybe being a little bit too tough on him, some of the Eagles reporters imagine that i don't know if that was mcmanus or not he does ask kind of tough questions when i was covering him it was when andy reed was there and aaron there was a guy and, and he's a great guy he ended up uh covering the sixers and his name was brian salters uh brian salter like s-a-l-t-e-r and he was the nicest he went to Penn. okay so he's an ivy league kid and there there was not a nicer guy anywhere ever in philly but he was the quintessential, uh, like, away from those press conferences, he could not have been nicer. But in those press conferences, and he was just radio. He wasn't like a newspaper guy. He would go after Andy Reid and the Eagles like like great. And McManus, the guy we were just talking to, followed him. And Tim's kind of a go-getter. Like, he'll get after you in a news conference. Really smart guy. I think to cover the Eagles – you do kind of have to have that attitude and all that kind of thing. So uh, fun information there. Uh, Aaron, while we're talking about this, did you did you think the Eagles, I mean, getting Jalen Carter where they did, I think they had to move up from 10 to 9 to grab him. We'll never know if Bijan Robinson had a slip down there. I kind of think they still would have been going after Jalen Carter uh, Aaron, do you, in your mind, are there too many red flags? Would you have been one of the organizations who passed on him, or do you do you love what the Eagles did? I like, I really like what they did. They're in a position to where they can take the chance too. You don't ever want to miss on a top ten pick, but when you have a chance at well, moved up to number nine to take what many consider to be the best player in the draft, you got to do that. Yeah, and but it is funny too, and I just I brought back so many Cowboys memories. In the analysis, they're bringing up the chief security officer, Aaron. Like the chief security officer for the Cowboys for years is this uh, 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 this unbelievable guy. Larry's his name, and and uh, it, it it's. You know, it, it, but he's just he used to be at American Airlines and he's this real regal looking gentleman. The chief security officer uh, for the Eagles has always been and even before Dom DeSandro is exactly what you would expect the Philly security officer to be like massive arms, huge, looks like he could bench press about 500 easy, 
would would right now walk in there and do two twenty five if he was at the combine about fifteen twenty times, and it would be nothing for him. That's that's this Dom DeSandro, and that's always the Eagles have always had somebody like that. I just think it's always a little funny and weird when that's what you have to say. Hey, we have so much faith in our chief security officer, we can take this player. What does it say about somebody, you know, that that your your best plan is to have a security officer around them? 